Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. These are the MMA Minutes. I am Sean Anderson. Like I mean, is Danny Gutierrez. What's going on, Sean? How have you been? I've been good. It's, it's been, been a while. It's been uh, since uh, Home Shevchenko. We've seen a, a lot of shakeup in the women's bantamweight division. That was very interesting victory for Shevchenko. That was awesome. Yes, it very, was. Very masterful performance. We saw a great uh, strawweight b- bout between Nami Yunus and uh, Car- uh, Karolina Kovakevich. That's a mouthful there. Uh, we also saw... That was ta- a mouthful of a fight. They that were was. all over the place in the octagon. That was a very good fight. That we, was a close fight, too. When we saw uh, Tyron Woodley. Knock out uh, Robbie Lawler as well. That was spectacular. It is, that was extraordinary. That was nothing short of amazing. 2016 has been absolutely nuts. We oh, see, we, yes, we see a ton of steroid problems with John Jones Bodies and Brock Lesnar. Bodies are dropping because of USADA. Bodies are just dropping and piling up. It's we, interesting. We've seen so many upsets. We've seen so many title changes. We, I mean, Demetrius Johnson and Yuan Chen Jacek seem like the most dominant champions right now. Because they do. Flies are dropping left and right. Uh, let's talk about this Lawler-Woodley fight. Uh, UFC 201 happened July 30th. Tyrone Woodley knocking out Robbie Lawler uh, 2.48 into the... Or, yeah, 2 minutes and 48 seconds into the first round. What were your thoughts on this? Because I said it was either going to be Robbie Lawler, a first-round knockout, because I thought Woodley would just... He would just catch Woodley, or it would be a fourth-round knockout because Woodley would be gassed. Were you, were you shocked? I wasn't shocked that Woodley got it done in the early rounds because of the fact that he's so powerful. He's so explosive. You look at his muscle fibers. He's not... He's a, well, he's a shredded guy. He's not a small guy. He's a very explosive athlete. He's a very powerful wrestler. He's got some dynamite in those hands, though. I knew that the earlier rounds would favor Woodley. Lawler, I think I think Lawler's uh, advantage would have been in the later rounds yeah. because in most of his fights he's he's gotten stronger into the later rounds. You saw mm-hmm. that in his fight with uh, Carlos Condit. You saw that in his fight, the legendary fight with Rory McDonald. You saw that in his fights with Johnny Hendricks. You saw it in his fight with his five round war with uh, Matt Brown. He, um, the later rounds would have favored Robbie Lawler, but Tyron Woodley knew that if he had to get him out of there, he had to get him out of there quick, and he did it in the first round, and he did it so explosively and so fast. It was it was nothing short of spectacular. It was amazing. It was a bomb of a right hand. Yeah, right over the shoulder. Bomb. It, it, Beautiful. It was, it was kind of like a it was kind of like a Quentin Rampage Vanderlei Silva one. I know that one was more of a hook, but still, it was just like boom, and he's done. Mm-hmm. He was just completely out on the mat, flatlined him. It, it, it was crazy to see Robbie Lawler. A guy who we thought was a dominant champion like that, he, who p- proved himself as a champion, and, and you're going up against a guy who had a, around a year and a half layoff, and, and Tyron Woodley comes in, knocks him out, and now, I mean, looking at Tyron Woodley, he's been fresh for a year and a half now. Yes, now he has. Now we can use that to virtually his... no damage in that fight. Exactly. No damage in that fight. He's basically a year and a half off. He had a year and a half break. He's 34, which which in his fighter years is kind of lower now because he hasn't taken that much damage in his career. So Tyron Woodley definitely looking like he might be able to you know, defend that welterweight belt for a little bit. But the thing, you know, saying that is very hesitant is because we've seen so many flies drop uh, in the UFC. What do you think should be next for Woodley? Woodley's called out Nick Diaz and GSP and... Nick, I, be- I believe I believe that Stephen Wonderboy Thompson is still in the mix because of what he's done in the welterweight division. Nick Diaz already said no. I want someone with name recognition. So he doesn't even want oh, the champion. He, he went wow. on ESPN and uh, Nick Diaz said no. I want someone with a name. And he, and he threw out GSP there. So maybe we'll be seeing uh, Nick GSP too if GSP ever comes back. Uh, but yeah, I, I think what you mentioned about Wonderboy, he he is he earned that number one contendership beating Rory McDonald. I think he should deserve that uh, title fight. The one problem with that, though, is Wonderboy Thompson will be out until November. So do you think they should basically pencil in Wonderboy Thompson for a welterweight fight at 205 and then give Woodley a fight now since he is so fresh? 
It's see, it's very difficult to tell because, like you said, timing is everything. Wonder Boy is nursing an injury. Tyrone's not, mm-hmm. and it's all up. It's it's all up to the UFC. It's all up to what he. It's all up to Tyrone Woodley and Dana White. He said he was going to talk to Dana White, so we're going to have to see what they can figure out, and we'll see who Woodley would be fighting next. It, but honestly, all three of those guys, G versus GSP, Nick Diaz, and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, it would be a fight. See the thing, Tyrone Woodley would make it a fight no matter what. It would be, and if you get Nick Diaz, that's going to be promoted out out of the gills because Nick's finally coming back from that terrible suspension of, of that he shouldn't have been suspended for. But that's that's a different story. Uh, you know, Nick's finally coming back. Nick hasn't won in a fight in five years, but still, his name's never been more popular because of his brother beating Connor. Now you also have GSP, who deserves a title shot if he doesn't want to come back to the welterweight division because was he was one of the greatest welterweight champions in the UFC. One of, I think he was the greatest welterweight <laughs> champion. I mean, no one could beat him. I mean, outside of Matt Hughes, I mean, I, I think I think GSP kind of earned that one. I, I think GSP deserves a title shot when he comes back, just because he never did lose the belt. And Wonder Boy, I mean, he's been nothing but phenomenal. He beat the number one contender. He's beaten Johnny Hendricks, a former champion. So it, it, there's a lot of limbo here. I think I there think, is. It's a very large limbo. I think Nick, in a murderer's row of a division too, the welterweight division stacked with talent, and that's the one problem there is that is that Nick Diaz uh, being thrown into this title uh, contendership is it, it feels a little wrong to me because I know Nick is a huge name and and everything, but w- with that is is you know he he hasn't really proven himself. I don't think he's won a fight in five years, uh, and and he's been up and down. He has he hasn't been able to have a consistent fight because he's always been suspended. Or he so, hasn't had a, a consistent fighting schedule is what you're saying. Exactly. Okay. So do, do you think that if they ended up making that Diaz-Woodley fight, do you think the welterweight division would be kind of in a flux? Kind, kind of, of stagnated. Like, yeah, kind of like the middleweight division is now with the Henderson-Bisping fight. See, that's an interesting question because there's history behind that fight. There's also history behind Woodley-Diaz. Diaz. Woodley. Yeah, I'm talking Woodley and Diaz right now. No, I, no, I know. Yeah. I'm ta- there's I'm- history there? Oh yeah, there's history there. So what time when when Nick Diaz was the Strikeforce welterweight champion, Tyrone Woodley was coming up in the rankings uh, in the strike in the Strikeforce rankings, and he actually was the Strikeforce number one contender for the vacant belt against Nate Marquardt. But unfortunately, he did lose that fight. But ever since he came to the UFC, it was almost a resurgence of his career, of his mixed martial arts career. So I believe that Tyrone Woodley's made. A significant statement proving that he is one of the best welterweights in the world and he's willing to prove that fight by fighting right away which is pretty interesting i'm actually kind of happy that finally there's a champion who's actually calling out fighters because you see you see that a lot with champions where they're kind of like oh i don't care i'll take whoever but Tyrone woodley's calling people out and that 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 that's 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 good for you. That's you, good for your attention. You know what I mean? Yeah, but do you think it's do you think it's a difference between you know with with the champion who just won his belt? Do you think he deserves to pick his next opponent, or do you think he should be given whoever he should be given? Because I think if it was an Anderson run or a GSP run, right. GSP is like, oh, I want I want to fight Anderson Silva, right. calling him out in that way, or calling out a different champion, or calling out another big name. I think I think that's pretty fair because those guys have proven themselves to be a champion. Tyron Moodley just won. And he right. just won. He on just a, won the belt. He won on a flash knockout. I mean, not saying that he couldn't do it again, not saying that he didn't win that fight, but again, it's like, all right, well, if you didn't hit that fight, what or if you didn't hit that punch, what else would happen there? So, right. I mean, do you think Tyron Moodley has any leverage in, in in choosing his opponent, or do you think the UFC will go out and just give him an opponent? I think the UFC ultimately will go out and give him an opponent because Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, like I said, has earned his shot. He earned it. He's earned it, and he's proven it, and I'd love to see that fight between uh, Stephen Thompson and the champion, Tyron Woodley. 
Yeah, and while we're recording this, Nick Diaz actually just posted a video of Nate Marquardt knocking, knocking out uh, Tara Woodley and saying, "I'm sorry, but didn't we fight, uh, we didn't fight in Strike Force?" So uh, I, Nick there's Diaz, history there. Nick Diaz calling out uh, Tara Woodley on social media, posting uh, Nick Marquardt uh, knocking out Tara Woodley at Strike Force. But yeah, I, I think I'm in I'm in the camp of. Tyron Woodley needs to defend his belt, and he needs to defend it against, against a legitimate contender. Yeah, and and, and and I think he should defend it against Wonderboy because right now Nick Diaz hasn't won a fight in so long. He hasn't he hasn't been able. I mean, I, I think he needs a warm up fight. I think he needs to be able to prove he can still do it because you know uh, uh, this layoff is is definitely not been good and for him. And make the weight. Yeah, and make the weight. So I, I think that I think Nick Nick needs a. Uh, a kind of a warm-up fight. I would love to see him and Robbie Lawler because we obviously saw that that brawl early in their careers. Uh, if GSP does come back, I think he deserves a shot over Wonderboy just because of how long he was a, a dominant champion for. But also with that is we've heard GSP's coming back for so long, but I mean we've never actually seen that. So I think I think we need to see that contract. I think Wonderboy's the fight to make. I agree. Yeah, so we'll probably have to see that around November because I believe that's when Wonder Boy November fifth, uh, I believe. Yeah, I think I think that's when he's able to come back. But I I think the MSG card, the UFC two hundred five, I think that's November twelfth. I'm not I'm not entirely sure, but uh, yeah, November twelfth. Isn't that exciting? We never thought that we'd see the UFC at Madison Square Garden in New York, and it finally happened, and we're finally getting a, Mad- a UFC Madison Square Garden venue. And the thing I love about that is Joanna wants to fight there, Tyron Woodley wants to fight there. I mean, every single person who has a belt, every single person who has Chris a name. Chris Weidman wants to fight there. Chris I'm Weidman. sure Frankie Edgar wants to fight there. That might be more loaded than 200, just because all of these guys want to be fighting on there. Uh, with the t- uh, Wonder Boy and Woodley matchup, real quick, what, what, what do you think stylistically... Uh, that would do. So, what do you think about Woodley's chances against Wonder Boy, and what do you think about Wonder Boy's chances against Woodley if that does happen? Because that seems like the fight that we want to see. Well, they both present very, very big problems for each other. Like I said um, earlier in his career, Tyron Woodley was mostly a wrestler. He was a very dominant wrestler, and he'd push you up against the cage, and he'd suffocate you, and then he'd do a powerful double leg and take you down and keep you in guard and ground and pound you. Now you're seeing a Tyron Woodley that can strike, and you saw that when he was training with Duke Rufus, how he knocked out Robbie Lawler. He was fast, and Mm -hmm. he placed that punch perfectly right over the shoulder, and when it landed, he knew he was out, and he just followed up with more strikes. So you're you're getting to see the evolution of Tyron Woodley. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, though, has always been an effective kickboxer, and you hear Joe Rogan talk about sport karate, and that's true, how the ability to, to get in and deal as much damage as you can with one or two shots and then back out and reassess your opponent or see where, if your opponent's hurt or not. So Stephen Wonderboy Thompson can use his kicks and his distance, and he could keep it. His, he could use. He could, excuse me. He could utilize his footwork to stay at the center of the octagon to kind of negate the the wrestling of Tyron Woodley and take away some of that power, keeping him at, at a distance. However, Tyron Woodley is very explosive, and he's got deceptively pretty good footwork while, while he's throwing his strikes. We he, saw that he's the, got a the lot Lawler of, fight. Yeah, he's got a lot of push on his strikes. He's got mm-hmm. a lot of pop on his strikes. So. To, it'd be better against for Stephen Wonderboy Thompson to not get tagged against Woodley if he were to ever fight Woodley, and it would be in Woodley's best interest to utilize his wrestling, keep it basic, engage in the clinch, and slow down um, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. 
If I, if I have to ask you right now who would win that fight, who, who would you have, who would you have to lean towards? Would you pick a Woodley? Woodley, would you pick the champion in that fight, or would you go with Wonderboy Thompson? I would probably have to go with Wonderboy Thompson because yeah, of the fact same. that he could stay at a distance. Not to say that Tyron Woodley can't win, because as I said, if he utilized his wrestling, then he he I, I believe he'd be able to get mm-hmm. it done because he's he's a he's, he's a I believe he's a much more explosive wrestler than Johnny Hendricks was. I think Johnny Hendricks needed to utilize—Johnny Hendricks is one of the best wrestlers in the welterweight division, no doubt. However, he needed that cage to pick you up and pop his hips to just to take you down. I thought the best fighter in the welterweight division was Rory McDonald. Wonderboy Thompson beat him, so I, I think that you know Thompson, Wonderboy can obviously hang with the best of them. I think that Wonderboy can can control that distance, and we also saw Rory beat uh, Tyrone Woodley. So I think I think utilizing probably, distance, utilizing yeah. the jab, utilizing the outside switching stances, utilizing his long kicks. So he used range to defeat the champion in Tyrone Woodley. So, so. I think I think Wood, I think Wonderboy will be able to use the same strategy that McDonald used to beat Woodley uh, to, to defeat him if that fight happens. But uh, obviously we haven't heard anything. But crazier things happen. have happened in the sports show. Remember. Michael Bisping's a middleweight champion in 2016, he's and he's fighting. 37 years old, and he's celebrating the, his UFC tenure, and he's fighting amazing. the 44-year-old Dan Henderson for the belt in Manchester. This sport's crazy. It's insane. This sport's awesome. <laughs> it is insane. Uh, let's go to UFC Fight Night. Uh, uh, Caceres versus Rodriguez. Uh, that's happening August 6th. That is tomorrow. It's happening in Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, a lot of fights on this one. No big names, but there's a lot of good quality fights. This might kind of be like the uh, the Sioux City Falls one with uh, Michael uh, Michael McDonald and John Lineker. This is a uh, very as, as fun card to watch. It's going to be a fun card. Let's let's jump into uh, one of the ones on the early prelims. Uh, a guy who is surprisingly on the prelims, the number fifth featherweight in the UFC, Cub Swanson, taking on Kawajiri. What are your thoughts on Swanson versus Kawajiri? Uh, Swanson versus Kawajiri is a very interesting fight. First of all, Tatsuya Kawajiri comes from a very long history of MMA um, in Japan. He's fought a lot in pride. He's fought in uh, strike force he's been all over the world here in the ufc i think he's he's made his home here in the ufc cub swanson though is no joke cub swanson is one of the top featherweights in the world he's fought the best of the best he's knocked out the best of the best um this is going to be a very interesting fight of veterans of the sport true veterans of the sport cub swanson of course training out of um greg jackson mike winkle john and uh albuquerque new mexico Tetsuya Kawajiri is, of course, called the crusher, and you see that in his body frame. He's a very powerful wrestler. He's a very powerful submission grappler. Most of his fights have been won by submission, so it's going to be a very interesting fight to watch. We'll see if uh, Tetsuya Kawajiri can take a page from Frankie Edgar and kind of utilize that to beat Cub Swanson, or will we see a very active, mobile Cub Swanson that likes to stay on the outside and utilize what he calls beautiful destruction with, unorth- with, with unorthodox kicks and strikes? And he, and we'll see if he, he we'll see if he could utilize uh, his boxing range very well because he's he's actually been training with uh, Tim Bradley very uh, quite a bit and his boxing technique. So we'll see if he likes to stay in the pocket with Tetsuya Kawajiri. Kawajiri is a powerful guy, but he doesn't have that knockout power. Kawajiri has been throwing a spinning back fist as of late in the UFC. He doesn't really set it up. He just likes to throw it. He is expanding on his striking game a little bit. I think he needs to expand on that a little bit more. 
I do like this fight very much. It's a very underrated fight, but I think Cub Swanson's going to take it from Tatsuya Kairajiri. I think Cub Swanson's going to be way too fast for the slower crusher. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, Cub Swanson, we obviously saw him be, uh, you know, move his way up in the featherweight uh, division, becoming one of the one of the top contenders, going on a six-fight winning streak, defeating guys like Poirier, Oliveira, uh, Ross Pearson, uh, Jeremy Stevens, and then going and losing against Frankie Edgar and Max Holloway, two guys who, I mean, are... Are the cream of the, the crop yeah. of the featherweight division. Exactly, and Cub Swanson's not too far out. I think I'm going to agree with you. I think I'll take uh, Cub in this fight just because I feel like Kawajiri is kind of at the end of his career. I think he, I think he's slowing he's down. He's had a very long career. Yeah, he, it, he has had a very long career. He's fought everybody. Mm-hmm. He's fought the Fireball Kid, I believe, at one point in time, and he's fought um, Hayato Max Sakurai, who's a very long time uh, Brazilian. Uh, I'm sorry, Brazil. Uh, wrestling practitioner and shoot fighting practitioner from Japan. So Tatsuya Kajiri has been around for a very long time. He has and I think that I think that's going to work to his uh his um his disadvantage. I think I think just Cub Swanson still in the middle of his career. He's still he's still able to fight for that belt if if you know Conor ever fights that and and Kajiri has 46 career fights. I think that's going to go against him. I think I think it is uh I think Cub Swanson's power is just going to be too much for him let's go to the main card here and let's talk about uh santiago Ponzibo taking on zach cummings what are your thoughts on this middleweight or welterweight welterweight fight this is a very interesting uh, welterweight fight. Uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio is half Argentinian, half Brazilian, and it's quite interesting because he likes to utilize uh, very good Muay Thai. He likes to utilize his leg kicks and his straight punches and likes to switch stances every now and again. Zach Cummings, if he can close that distance, because he is a wrestler, if he can close that distance and utilize the cage to suffocate Ponzinibbio and, and to to nullify some of that footwork, I think he could get it done. However, Ponzinibbio is very dangerous, and he can crack. He's got very powerful Muay Thai, like I said. Very powerful leg kicks, and he's got very powerful head kicks as well. He's got very good straight punches. It's going to be a very interesting fight. So I would have to take uh, Ponzinibbio on this one because he's just, just the more explosive striker. 52% of Ponzinibbio's wins have come by knockout. He's 23-3. and three. He, he throws also, down. Ponzinibbio he, is not afraid to throw down he, anybody. He also lands about 4.25 uh, significant strikes per, per minute. I mean, that's that's ridiculous right there. Uh, I mean, Ponzinibbio, if it stays to the feet, I'll definitely take him. But Cummings, I mean, with a 46% takedown accuracy, he's, he's a great wrestler, like you said. He's able to submit guys uh, on the ground there. I think I'll, I'll take Cummings in that one. I think I think he'll wear him down with wrestling. And and Cummings I think he'll is a su- very... Submit him. So I don't mean to interrupt. So no, Cummings has a very suffocating top game as well, very reminiscent of John Fitch. It's going to be a very interesting fight. That's a very fun fight to watch. And now let's move on. I, I'm taking Cummings. You're taking Pones and EBO. I think this is one of the first times we actually uh, disagreed on uh, on a fight here. But let's go to the next fight. Uh, a fight. There's nothing wrong with that, Sean. It's okay. That's <laughs> why we do this. A fight taking place at middleweight. We got Chris Camozzi taking on Talis Latis. Who do you like in this fight and why? I like both fighters in this fight. Talis Latis is the former number one middleweight contender, and Chris Camozzi's actually been a veteran now for because he's competed on and off in the UFC. Now that he's fought a couple times and he's coming off of a very big win over... Uh, He's coming off of a very impressive victory over Vitor Miranda, Lex Luthor Miranda, who was a very powerful Muay Thai practitioner. He actually outstruck the striker, which is very interesting. Chris Camozzi is a very talented uh, middleweight. He's coming into his own, but Tyler Latis has been around for a long time, and he's training at Nova Uniao with guys such as Jose Aldo and Henan Barrao. This is going to be a very interesting middleweight clash. Yeah, I, I, it's going to be very interesting. I mean, Latest coming off a two-fight losing streak. Both of those guys, though, he lost to Gegard Musasi and Michael Bisping. Two pretty good guys to lose to there. Uh, so obviously, Latest, like you said, he was he was uh, war- war- formerly uh, near the top 
of the middleweight division, Chris Camozzi, coming back from the UFC. He's th- uh, three and one since returning from prize. Uh, definitely going to be an interesting fight there. Who do you like in this fight? I do really like Chris Camozzi in this fight. I think he's coming into his own. I believe that he's going to use his range and his superior boxing abilities. I, he's He's got a very tricky... He, he stands from the southpaw stance, so he's very deceptively well with his timing and his counter shots so it's going to be very it's, I, I would have to take Chris Camozzi I'm going to disagree again I think I'm going to I'm going to take Latis I'm going to take him uh, I'm going to take him taking Camozzi down I think he's going to I think he's going to submit as, as well I think I think uh, Latis is wrestling is Thomas gonna, Latis is a very high level Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt I, th- I think I think it's going to be uh, he, he goes for a lot of submissions I think he's going to try, try his again. favorite I think submission is the arm bar yeah, I think, I from think, the mount I think he's going to try to get to that mount position I think he's going to go and uh, submit Chris Camozzi he, he does it 56% of the time. I'll take I'll take Latis in this fight. He's got a powerful right hand. It's not like he can't win. He's got very powerful leg kicks as well. We'll just so, have to see, Danny. Well, it's going to be a very interesting fight. <laughs> Let's move on to the uh, co-main event here. we got Dennis Bermudez, the number eight uh, featherweight in the world. Dennis the Menace Bermudez taking on Hani Jason. Who do you like in this fight? I, like, I really like both explosive featherweights in this fight. Hani Jason has got jujitsu tattooed on his back, but he loves to throw down and strike. He loves fighting. He loves to throw down and strike and brawl. Dennis Bermudez. Dennis Bermudez used to do that. He used to be the brawler. Now he's trying to be more of the tactician or the technician. He's a very powerful wrestler with heavy hands, and he keeps he keeps mixing up his strikes as well. He's got a very powerful leg kick from his right side. He's got very powerful hands. He's got a very good lead hook and straight right. He's got very he's got a very good right hook as well. Um, he's he's got a very suffocating uh wrestling game as well he loves to push guys push guys up against the cage and pick them up and take them down and ground and pound them if you are in the center of the cage and you're throwing down with honey jason it was it is more than likely in your best interest to shoot for that double leg and just take him down he is a brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt however he hasn't utilized it that much inside the octagon because of the fact that he loves to strike he loves striking and uh it's going to be a very interesting fight to watch I do believe, though, that Dennis Bermudez will get it done with his wrestling. I will agree with you there. I think I think Dennis Bermudez, uh, you know, with how much he has fought in the in the UFC, how how well he has looked in the UFC. I know Hani Jason has, has also been in the UFC for a while since winning Tough Brazil. I just think that Dennis Bermudez has fought higher level of competition. I think Dennis Bermudez still wants to be in the mix uh, at featherweight. I know I know he was uh, down a little bit and he's been up and down weight classes, but I, I think Bermudez will be able to get it done there. I mean, looking at his his striking, looking at his his ability to take down, I think I think he can do it whatever in whatever way he wants it. So if Jason Dennis wants Bermudez to stu- is very powerful boxing. Yeah. He's got very powerful hands. If Jason wants to stand up and strike, I think I think uh uh Bermudez will take him down. I think if uh Jason wants to try to go to the ground, I think Bermudez will try to keep him at a distance and, and box him out. So I think I, I think Bermudez will win this one. I think I'll I'll say I'll say a decision. I think I think a win on a unanimous decision. I think it'll end up going to the ground. I agree. I, I think it's gonna go the distance and I, th- I think bermudas will kind of keep top control and, and, and take this one let's move on to the main event final fight here we got yair rodriguez taking on alex bruce, bruce leroy caceres who do you like in this fight and why well this is a very interesting fight to watch this is going to be a very explosive fight to watch both of these guys love to throw the spinny stuff the flashy yeah, if stuff you, if you like uh creative kicking uh yes. definitely watch this fight Yair Rodriguez is a very high-level Taekwondo black belt fighting out of Chicago. He's very intelligent with his striking. He loves setting up his kicks. He loves he just loves kicking. He loves spinning. He loves creativity. He loves taking chances. He's a highlight reel. He is a real highlight reel. He's a walking, talking highlight reel. And that's a part of his regular training is those kicks. Coming from that Taekwondo background, you just keep 
kicking. So his kicks are like punches. His kicks are just as good as a jab. This is going to be a very interesting fight to watch. Alex Caceres is very dangerous. He's very motivated. Whenever he's on the spotlight, he shines and thrives. We've seen this before, and we saw that in his last fight when he changed weight classes. When he's coming back up to featherweight, he fought Cole Miller, and he completely dominated Cole Miller. That was a very... That was a beautiful performance by Alex Caceres. Of course, he's a the ultimate fighter veteran, and he's still he's still very young in his mixed martial arts career. But every time he gets he just gets it looks like he's gonna get over that hump. He kind of comes back. He kind kind of comes down a little bit and struggles. I think that if Yair Rodriguez can keep his creativity and utilize his straight punches more and go to the body against Alex Caceres, I think he can get it done. He is a little bit longer than Alex Caceres. Not to say that Alex Caceres can't win, but if Alex Caceres gets taken down and gets gets uh, Yari Rodriguez in his guard, Alex Caceres has very, is a very tricky guard. He's got a very sneaky guard. He, he loves to utilize that triangle choke from the guard. It's going to be a very interesting fight to watch. It's going to be a very explosive fight, an exciting fight. If you guys are if you guys love kicking, if you guys love explosive fights, this is the fight to watch. You guys shouldn't blink in this fight. You shouldn't go to the bathroom during this fight. This fight's going to be very explosive. It's going to be for five rounds. It's the main event, but it's not going five. It's I don't think it's going five either. Someone's getting knocked out. Someone's getting submitted. I mean, with, with how creative these guys are, with how with how powerful they both are. And they I, both love to take chances, too. Exactly. They both love to take chances. I think I think Gary Rodriguez, the tough Latin America winner, you know, you talked about Alex Caceres's, uh, you know, uh, I, 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 stint in the, yeah, the ultimate stint fighter. in the ultimate fighter. We got a winner in Yair, Yair, Yair Rodriguez. I can't say his name. Uh, we got a winner in Yair Rodriguez. I think Yair uh, just will take those chances more often. I think he will be able to hit on those chances more often. We saw in his last fight with that crazy switch, uh, with a switch, crazy switch roundhouse kick uh, that he delivered in that knockout win. I think I think that Yair Rodriguez's power in his legs will be the ultimate, you know, kind of decider in this. And I think it might be back and forth for the rounds. I think I think Rodriguez that will take it in the fourth round. I agree. I would very much have to agree. I don't think I, I the thing is I think he'd do it within four rounds. He has very powerful kicks. He has more his kicks are more powerful than Caceres. Caceres has very dynamic has a very dynamic kicking game, of course. But Yair Rodriguez with the Taekwondo black belt has a lot of pop on those kicks. So it's going to be interesting to see what type of kicking game they could both implement on each other. But I would have to I would have to give the advantage to Yair Rodriguez because of that black belt. It's going to be a fun fight. It's, it's definitely going to be a fun it's fight. It's going to be explosive. Taking place on FS1. Uh, that is uh, Saturday, uh, August 6th. Yair Rodriguez taking on Alex Caceres and all those other fights we talked about. Uh, Danny and I disagreeing on some, agreeing on others. One or two. Uh, it's okay. It, we'll definitely have to take uh, take place. And uh, I will have to, definitely have to sit down and watch these fights taking place. Uh, tomorrow on FS1. Danny, thank you for joining me. Thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you next time.